years ago. Unbelievable. It's happening and it's passing by. Our worship service number 209 for this Sunday, September 27, 2020. For our viewers, we would like to invite you to go to our website, vchurch.us. Look for the bulletin, the tab bulletins. You can download the bulletin there. Or if you are watching through a big smart TV, just grab your phone, get your camera, point towards the QR code, and then you can download the bulletin and you will have the digital version as well. Very well. We want to thank you for your support to this broadcast, and I want to take the time to say thank you to our expert in the broadcast, my son Sebastian, and also our cameras and software operator, Michael Wildeman. Thank you so much, Tracy, also for your singing. And so we are ready to go to the topic of today, four years ago. I would like to start by asking you some questions, okay? So my first question to you is, what do you think God sees in our towns? When you look at this picture, aerial picture from any town, what do you think God sees in our towns? I would like to get some feedback here. What do you think? Go ahead. Shoot. God sees his children. Okay. Buildings. <laughs> he sees buildings. Hello. What else? What else do you think God sees? Say that again. His resources. Okay, there you go. What else do you think he sees? He sees everything, right? He sees the good and he sees the bad. He sees us. He sees his creation. He sees the people. <laughs> now, speaking about people, what do you think people want? Happiness, contentment, very good. Peace, but also the good and the bad. Some people are not necessarily longing for good things. We all know that. Now let's bring it home. Let's make it personal. Yourself. Have you found what you wanted in life? Have you? Some of us have, and sadly, some haven't, correct? But if we go for a moment to the first century of our era, what do you think people wanted in Jerusalem back then, in the days of the Lord Jesus? What do you think they wanted? Same things, different things. Some of you think... Same thing, some of you think different things. Okay, well, let me introduce you to some interesting things that we find in the Scripture. The reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27, verses 15 and 17. And we read, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. When the crowd had gathered... Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Now, you probably know the answer, but let's read it, okay? 
verses 21 and 23. They answered, Barabbas. Then Pilate asked them, what shall I, shall I do then? With Jesus, who is called the Messiah. They all answered, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. Is that a monstrosity or what? Well, some of us can think, well, you know, they were kind of barbarians. It's the first century. <laughs> but, but the truth is, it's the same feeling back then and now. Their choice was Barabbas. They saw Jesus. But they said, no. Nah. We don't want Jesus. We prefer Barabbas. You know, my friends, rejection from men does not mean rejection from God. People can think that way. Many people back then thought, well, we don't want you. Crucify him. And some thought, well, God is rejecting Jesus as well. Have you noticed that our individuals in our communities that uh, intentionally they put certain things in their bodies or they wear certain clothes or they, they appear to be in such a way that automatically they are rejected by the society? It's interesting when you think about it because most of us, we don't want to be rejected by the, by the society, by the community, by our families. Most of us want to be loved, right? That makes sense. That's why we brush our teeth, take a bath, right? Put clean clothes. Sometimes some of us can brush our hair. Not everyone has hair, but... We... We don't like the idea of being rejected, right? But you notice that our individuals, that they intentionally appear to be in such a way that automatically they are rejected by the, by the community. Now, don't get confused with this concept that that kind of rejection doesn't mean that God is not rejecting them. That's different. It's very different because we know the characteristics of our Lord Jesus. And the kind of life he had. Not like the individuals that we are talking here. I want to take you to some verses of the chapter 53 from the prophet Isaiah. It's in the back of your bulletins, the whole chapter. But I'm going to mention to you certain things of this particular chapter that are amazing. Today we are celebrating four years. So many things have happened to us. Many injustices, honestly. But nothing, none of those things 
No one thing I can say you can compare it with what the Lord Jesus lived. And let me be more frank. When it's about your life, it's exactly the same. Because all of us, in some point, one way or other, feel that it's just not fair. We feel that way. We just say, it's just not right. The way that they are treating me, the way that this things happen. That is not right. It's not fair. But comparing our situations to what the Lord Jesus lived, there is no way that we can put it in the same level. The first scripture that I put on the screen is chapter 53 of Isaiah, verse 3, the first section of the scripture. And listen to this. He says, it says that he was despised and rejected by, by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. In his purity, I want you to picture this, my friend. In his purity, in his innocence, the Lord Jesus grew up wanting God, wanting holiness, wanting love. His heart, his mind, his words, his actions, his interaction with people was all the time based on purity and holiness. If you feel sometimes aggravated with certain injustices in life, if you feel sometimes upset for the way that some people are treating others, or even yourself, or somebody in your family. Imagine the suffering the Lord Jesus lived when he was really pure, not like us, really pure, really holy, wanting the best for everyone, and he just sees what's going on everywhere. He suffered. Many people think that the sufferings of the Messiah, which is the title of this chapter of the prophet Isaiah, refers exclusively at the last 24 hours of his life. Many people picture the life of the Lord Jesus suffering only for those particular 24 hours. They have no clue what they are talking about. He carried within himself that agony. First of all, because he wanted to see the goodness in people. He wanted to see people overcoming difficulties, being healed, being restored, being provided, being loved. He wanted to see that. And he couldn't do that for everybody since he was little. Like these two little mushrooms. Since he was young. Going through the process of life, becoming a young adult. He saw the injustices. He was a man of suffering, familiar with pain. He understood what pain was. He understood that. The sec second part of this verse, it says, Like one from whom people hide their face, he was despised. And we held him in low Steam. 
You go to a place and somebody sees you and they turn their backs to you and you know what they are doing. You know it. They don't like you for whatever reasons. It doesn't matter. They reject you. You feel despised. You feel neglected. You, you understand that, okay? Well, imagine the Lord Jesus himself going through that process, knowing that he was the son of God, the son of men, he called himself. Talking about heaven, talking about spirituality. For a moment, I want you to picture for one second that image of the cities, of the towns, from God's perspective. And what is what God wants today from people? The same things that the Lord Jesus wanted. The same things. He wanted people to be different, to be transformed, to be nice one another, to be honest, to be decent. And because he wanted to do it that way, he preached and he shared his teachings with everybody. And you know what? Even his disciples at some point said, man, who can do this? And he confronted them, you know. In one occasion, the Lord said, well, if this is way too much for you, bye-bye, baby. Because his teachings were so right, so precise, so direct. You know, like when you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit convicting you for something that you are doing wrong. You can't hide. You just can't stop that thing. You grab a cup of coffee. You go outside for a walk. You take a shower. You watch a movie. You do anything you want. Try to... You play yo-yo for a while. Trying to <laughs> do anything, you know, because you don't want to think about it, but the Holy Spirit is there, there. whispering. Whispering. And you know what is what he says all the time to us? I want more of you. I want more of your heart. I want to talk more with you. I want you to listen to me. I want us to hang out. Let's reflect on the word. But... We just do this. We just try to hide. And he, he lived that all the time. And like we do quite often, we just don't give the priority to God or the Word. He was used to that, you know. Like low esteem. It's not that important. Verse 4, section A. He took up our pain and bore our suffering. So this, it has entirely to do with the Emotional pain and the physical pain that we live. You know, many people think only about the physical healing that we can experience thanks to the mercies of the suffering Christ. But my friends, there are more wonderful healings that we can experience, including the emotional healing. We can experience that emotional healing because he took up our pain. He did it. So, you know what? 
sometimes we just need to see his life, his death, and say, enough is enough. I'm not going to, I'm not going to carry that thing anymore. You have to be free emotionally, my friend. You have to be healed and claim that healing and say, no, enough is enough. He took it upon himself. Verse 4, section B. We consider him punished by God, striking by him and afflicted. Somehow people thought, he deserves that. <laughs> Who knows what kind of wrong things he had done? And he just moved forward in that agony, knowing that that was God's will, that was needed. He needed to be the Lamb of God. Him and Him alone. Which takes us to the beautiful concept of grace. We don't need to be punished by God. You don't need to be punished by God, my friend. You don't have to be punished. You don't. You just take that grace. He already paid the price for you. He was afflicted precisely to give you freedom and forgiveness. You don't have to suffer anymore. Just receive that freedom, that grace. And precisely because He did that for us, we need to live for Him. Then is when the change comes, when we realize how hard it was for the Lord Jesus not just the last 24 hours. His whole life devoted to a cause. The, his whole life devoted to a cause. To live in a pure way. To become the Lamb of God. And then we say, thank you God. Thank you for that grace. And then is when we change. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. I don't know if you have ever thought about what is what we as humans deserve for the lifestyle we have, what we have done to humankind in general. Have you ever thought about it? I have thought about my own self, my own life. Even though I'm not a, an ex-con or murderer or anything, no criminal actions whatsoever. But morally, mentally, I know that I have sinned and I have offended God with my life. And I have thought sometimes, what kind of punishment do I deserve It's horrible. I don't like the idea. But here is the prophet Isaiah telling us that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You did it for me. You put your life. So I don't have to go through that. He, he did that for you. You have to embrace that sacrificial life and death. 
and be thankful and appreciate that. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. Because as a result of the punishment, as a result of suffering so much, then now we can experience peace. Now we can be at peace with God. And that is probably the most amazing thing that we can have, especially when it's about to go to sleep. When the moment comes in the nights that we just go to bed and we are ready to go to sleep and we say our last prayers of the day and we know that we have His forgiveness and we have His peace and we just rest. Not rest in peace, right? But, but we rest with His peace. We say, thank you, Lord. That is what the Lord Jesus did for us. By his wounds, we are healed. That's a beautiful scripture that for anyone who wants to believe in his healing, in her healing, you can remember all the time. Isaiah 53, 5. By his wounds, we are healed. Some people don't want to even Consider the possibility of receiving a miracle from God about anything. Some people say that was for the such and such times. It's what they want to believe. Everyone makes his own decisions. But if you, my friend, especially for those who are watching, if you are going through difficulties in your life, especially when it's about your health, this is a great scripture that you need to keep in mind. Isaiah 53, 5. By his wounds, we are healed. All that you need to think of is that that part of the body of the Lord Jesus was crushed to bring you healing. You claim it. You do not worry about those who don't believe. You do not worry about those whose theology and doctrine says to you, miracles don't exist anymore. You don't worry about what they say. Because ultimately, it's your body. So my friend, if you are hurting, if your body is aching, if you have any kind of horrible disease... Are you going to tell me that you are concerned for what people think about that? Or you are determined to believe and trust in God? Or you are determined to take that scripture, by his wounds we are healed, and you are going to claim that and pray and believe? Because that is up to you. It's up to you if you have the faith to believe that he paid the price for you. How come you can believe that he paid the price for your salvation, but you cannot believe that he pray, paid the price for your healing? If he paid the price, if this scripture is accurate, it's up to you to believe it or not. So I encourage everybody all the time, when you are hurting, when you are going through a pain, Go ahead and believe. Ask God, Lord, heal me. 
I encourage people all the time. When you are hurting, say your prayers. Let's say what is hurting is this left side of your body, your abdomen. Lift up one hand and put the other hand here and say, Lord, heal me. You can heal me. You don't know what God can do in your life. You just don't know. You have to believe that that is what we do. That's why we read the scripture to, to receive faith. Because he paid the price. Believe. And you shall receive. That's what I have to say about this particular scripture. And then in verse 7. It says that he was oppressed and afflicted. Yet he did not open his mouth. Today, with social media, it is impossible. And also on TV and in the news, it's impossible not to see those people that are doing a good little thing here, not advertising it. It's like there is a need in some people that whatever good deed they do, everybody needs to know about it. Now, I want you to picture the Lord Jesus. He knew about this. He told the disciples, guys, I'm going to die. I'm going, I have to go through Calvary. I have to die. But don't worry. I'll be back. Three days. Just give me three days, the Lord said. But he knew it. When the time came and the soldiers were beating him up and really destroying his body, Imagine that. He did not open his mouth. Of course he screamed. Don't, don't take me wrong. He screamed. Ow! Of course you're going to say something like that. But he didn't try to defend himself. When we go through difficulties, we need to think about this. He didn't open his mouth. He said, well, Lord, this is the price that I have to pay. This is what I have to do. I'm the Christ. I'm the Lamb of God. I'm the Messiah. Whatever they do to me, it's okay. I'm not going to say anything. No one thing. I'm willing. What, what kind of leader is this? What kind of man is this? What kind of hero is this? What kind of Lord is this? This is our Lord. This is the man that we worship, the son of man that we adore. That even though he had the power to stop the soldiers and stop the beatings and stop all evil against him, he said nothing. Furthermore, verse 7, section B, he was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before the shares is silent, so he did not open his mouth. With that meekness, he went through the process. Not just the night when he, he got in the, into the jail where he was, beat up, but the next day, carrying the wood, going to Calvary, silent. That's your Lord. Silent. He was carrying all beat up, 
Blood everywhere. He is the reason why we are here. He is the reason why Victory Church is open today. He is the reason why I live for. He is the reason why we get together regularly. The Lamb of God. He is our example in everything. He is our model. Going through all that silent. Learning to just do his Father's will. He's dead. His body's dead. And now in verse 9, it says that he was assigned a grave with the wicked. <laughs> he suffered terribly and the agony and, well, finally his body stopped working. And now the time comes for the funeral. And he was assigned a grave with the wicked. Yeah, where all these people go. Imagine that. And he went through all that because he loves us. He does love you incredibly. Verse 9, section C. He had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Never one action of violence. No one. No one, no threats, no deceit, purity. That's your Lord. That is your Lord. He is your Lord. No violence, no deceit, just the truth. The truth in love, paying the price doing the right thing, being honest, looking at heaven, fulfilling his calling. He needed to die. He was willing, and he did. Pure, the perfect lamb of God. That is our Lord Jesus Christ, the one that we worship. Verse 12, he poured out his life into death, bore the sin of many, and made, and made intercession for the transgressors. <laughs> Talking to the Father, saying, whatever they have to pay for their sins, here is me, Father. I will pay for their sins. Bring it. Your fury, your disappointment, your anger, your frustration with humankind, put it on me. I'll take it. I'll, I will pay with my own life because I want him to be saved. I want 
to intercede for all the transgressors. That is the Lord Jesus, your Lord, your Savior, our King. But you know what? Probably from that perspective on the cross, he was in a little mount. Maybe he was seeing something like this image on the screen, the city. After all that he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. Because he saw beyond the suffering. You know? He saw way beyond the problems. Way beyond the rejection. Beyond the beatings. Beyond the pain. He saw something. You know what is what he saw? He saw you. He saw you. I don't want you to think of the, the whole world, okay? Please, I want, you to, I want you to see yourself standing or sitting in front of the cross. And he is looking at you. And he said, I'm doing this because of you. Because I love you. I'm doing this because I care. I want to save you. That is beautiful, my friends. There is no comparison. And when the Lord said four years ago to us, you may start this congregation. We knew we will have some difficulties and some problems, not easy. But we can compare that. None of the things that we have gone through, we can compare it with what the Lord Jesus did. And when you think about your life, your own career, your own family, your own problems, you can't compare that to what the Lord Jesus has done. You just can't. That's why we just need to worship him and say, thank you, Lord. Because he is the reason. I cannot tell you how many hours of work I have seen many of you guys, church members, the ones that are present and those that are absent. All the money given to the church, all the meetings, to plan this and that to where we are right now. Six acres paid off. We have zero debts in four years. It's, it's just God. He did it. It's one miracle after the other. And we're going to keep it that way. I'm not going to get any loans to build the sanctuary in 100, no way. When we get the people, we will put the money, and then right now we are working with the parking lot. And then in this part in front of the 81st Street, if the Lord wants us to build 100 sanctuary for 100 people, we will.
has been very challenging. But it's not just this church. Every church in the world, not just in America, in the world, there is a pastor in Kenya who reached out to me two weeks ago. He's overseeing four churches. And he says to me, I need help. And I said, what is what you need? And he says, I need Bibles. And I need tracts. I need materials. Can you help? Of course we will. Everywhere there is a need to share one message. That is why we are here today celebrating four years. Celebrating one more Sunday that Jesus is Lord. That he paid the price. That he made us holy to live for him. To be different. That our lives are going to be meaningful. And they will make sense in the eyes of God and for ourselves. But if I ask you today, which one do you want? Barabbas or Jesus? <laughs> if I ask today to all the people watching, over 20,000 views of our videos in a month. Over 4,000 subscribers in the YouTube channel. With all these views and all these people, whoever is watching and listening, wherever you guys are, which one do you want? Barabbas or Jesus? Are we going to make the same mistake? Are you going to make the same mistake? Or you will say, no, I, I want Jesus. I want Jesus. You know, the following Sunday, my friends, on October the 4th, in our worship service number 210, the message will be full. It has to do with two ideas, the season and also mistakes. I hope you will be here. But again, the question, which one do you want today, Barabbas or Jesus? <laughs> Jesus. But I would like to know if someone out there watching this broadcast would like to give today your life to God. My dear friend watching, would you like to become a child of God? Would you like to start that your life will make sense? Would you like to try this? Because you have tried many things before. Would you like to try God for a change? You know, the scripture says in Romans chapter 10 verse 9 that the only requirement is to believe that He is the Son of God. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that is the beginning of the process. And I want to invite you, my friend, to say a prayer with me. This prayer will take us to the right place in God. Let's say, dear God, I feel pretty bad about my selfish life. I am so sorry for all my mistakes. Could you please help me? I surrender to you. I open my heart to you, Lord. I confess my sins before you. I need you, Lord. Please forgive me.
I need to change. I want to obey you and trust you and serve you forever, my Lord. Starting today, I want to see life and people exactly as you do. Please help me, Lord. And friends, where, where all this started? It's on the cross. It's on the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one that we adore. What if you say with me, I am forgiven and saved by faith in Jesus. Therefore, I can also declare my life is going to be great and blessed this year 2020. Dear friends, you are blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May the peace of God come upon you and you have a beautiful rest of your Sunday. Hopefully, I'll see you next time. Thank you for coming today. Anytime a heart turns from darkness to light, anytime temptation comes and someone stands to fight, anytime somebody lives to serve and not be served, I know, I know, I know, I know. We would like to invite you for a cupcake. Come to the kitchen and join us. Thank you for watching Victory Church. Please feel free to contact us. Our email address is info at vchurch.us. And our phone number is 432-614-9798.